have just entered the building with your boys, King and Sane. Welcome to Shop Talking Random-ish, where conversation rules the nation and no topic is off limits. You know, this ain't nothing but healthy conversation. Now welcome your hosts, Rick King and Will Sane. Greetings, 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 internets, worldwide web, Facebook Live, people on listening to us from the radio. Welcome to Barbershop Talk of Random Bitch with your boys, King and Sane. I am your boy, Rick Kane. Will Sane is not here in the building with us this evening. The lovely Miss Starlight is not in the building with us this evening. But boy, y'all know how I do when they leave me here by yourself. <laughs> Your boy got the ladies in the building. <laughs> it smells so good up in her. Boy. Oh, yeah. You let me keep. I got, I got to make sure I do my whole announcements. Yes. This is Barbershop Style Conversation. In his in Barbershop, no conversation is taboo. And tonight, with that being said, it's gonna be some very it's gonna be some great conversation going on tonight. Cause tonight we got family in the building. We got Dr. Marcy Simmons is out is in the building, the author of Where's the Cake? What's the cake? What's the cake? What's the cake? We also have, and I'm gonna mess it up. Dr. Lisa Whittington. You got it. That's it. Got it. And we also have a black woman in training in the building. Yes. Dr. Marcy's lovely daughter, Mahogany, is in the building. And there's a very specific reason why she's here tonight. Um, I know so I also have a whole bunch of other things. Oh, yeah, but one rule in the barbershop. One rule and one rule only. That's say what you mean, mean what you say. Just don't be mean when you say it. If y'all want to holler at your at us in this in barber shop, please call us. Oh my lord, we got about four four phone lines in here. Y'all know we running from somebody. Y'all know how we do. We got all these numbers now. The first is four. This is the main number four zero four six zero three eight seven seven zero. You want to call us online too? That's 404 549 9182. Line three is 404 549 9667. And you can still let your mama, your grandmama know if you're in her basement that this is still not one of them 999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
Yesterday was a beautiful day, the start yes, of spring. Was. Boy, sundress is supposed to have been out. But there is a silver lining. You know black folk can find a silver lining in anything. Yes, I found is. one. And I found one with the Rona, and everybody got to be in the house. Ladies, you got time to get them foots right. Go on to get in there and get them pedicures and things right. Got time to get your panties right. Y'all know no, with I the sundresses, break. you got to right, have the right panties. <laughs> <laughs> you, got to, you got to have the right panties now. You got time to get your panties game up. Even You got enough time right now. You can lay out your whole outfits for the summer. Amazon. Pa- panties included. Get it right. You got time to get your... Your, your, your spring and summer fragrance wear on. But most of all, get that man right. We we, we gonna get we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. On down the line, we gonna get to the mind. <laughs> we gonna get there too. You gotta yeah yeah. It's some books y'all can read, but right now we trying to get yeah yeah. Um, your shoe game, open toes. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna do your sneakers? Then you got to have your sock game. If you're going to put the hat on, how you going to have the hat? How you going to... You got time to get all this done. Is you going to have the ponytail coming out the back of the the hat? How you going to do it? Now, are you going to wear with the big summer hat? You got time. That's the silver lining with this Rona. That's the silver line. So we... Y'all get... Man, when y'all come out, the, the freaking... Please... I know y'all upset because Bath, Bath Body Works is closed, but the online is still open. Get your summer fragrance. Get your spring and summer fragrance. Thank, it, it, first of all, it, it, let, let me say thank you for all of y'all that are pl- planning to participate in sundress season this year. From the sock dress. Oh, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Rona, you need to get on the body here. You, you interrupting the season. We already ain't got no sports. Ain't got no sports, no sundresses, no nothing. Boy, you gonna have to mess around and get to know who you stay with. <laughs> Boy, you gotta get to know who you stay with. Walk in there, ask them how they doing. Ask them who they are, cause you might really don't forget who they are. I mean, ask them their middle name. Ask them their middle name and their favorite color. You know, it's a learning. Like, like, like Dr. Marcy said. You can get to know somebody. Get to learn some. Read a, a book. There's some good ones out there. And that brings me to why all this loveliness is in the building this evening. Basically, I'm turning my show over to Dr. Marcy, Dr. Lisa, and the young lady in training. Because they're here to teach us some things. Because um, this month is... National Women's Month. Yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking. I'm one that's not big on Black History Month. And I'm not big on it because every month should be Black History Month. We should be learning something about ourselves every month, every day of our lives. We should be learning something about ourselves. Now, I do understand why Black History Month was created. It was created so that blacks could be recognized for the accomplishments that they have made to this America. I get it. 
Now, this month is more important to me because I said, and Rick King is saying this, America don't give a damn about women. America really don't give a damn about black women. That's why this month is so important to me because we are, you are being forced to recognize the accomplishments of women. Black women. And like I say, I got two educators in the building with me tonight who going to teach us about some black women that we probably really don't talk about, don't know about. But without them, there's no us. And I know that's a cliche, but everything comes from a woman. Everything comes from a woman. Everything comes from a woman. Starlight is in the building. What's good? Hey, girl. Hey, Starlight. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Just listening to your rant. No, what, what rant? And your PSA. I had, had, had to, you know, I had to get my PSA out. You know, that's it's that time. Starlight, why true. you didn't come and save us, honey? Come. Uh, technically, my city is on a lockdown oh, uh, curfew okay. for nine to seven. That's right. That's you are right, in South are. Fulton. Mm-hmm. And um. Plus, I've got some stuff that's been brewing for the past couple of weeks. I'll be able to actually speak about it more next week. Well, Starlight, Starlight, let me interrupt you. Um, I'm glad you are on the phone. I've got to make an announcement. And you and Will don't know about this because it just happened. Um, I know I posted and showed y'all last week that we were talking random issues a part of Apple Podcasts. So you mm-hmm. can go to Apple Podcasts. And listen to talking random ish. But as of tonight, we are also part of Google Play Podcast and Spotify Podcast. I just got the notification before we went on air. Um, salute to Greg for um, helping and putting up with me about this because we've really been doing this for six months, trying to figure out how the hell do we get this. And Starlight Will, I want to thank y'all for what y'all have helped me do. And we are now part of the podcast world. So tell all your friends, tell everybody you know, Facebook. Um, we are on all, we Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We are a part of, please go and subscribe. Let's get this money, man. This show is too important. And Starlight, I'm glad you did call because you are part of, this conversation tonight. Mm-hmm. You are one of the educators, the one of the black women that are teaching and 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 making this thing possible. So now, Miss, we know Marcy, Marcy, <laughs> my family. So we gonna I, Lisa. Why are you in my barbershop? I'm in your barbershop because I am here to educate about specific women. Okay, well, I'm well, gonna well. talk about several women and get into their story because I don't think people really understand their importance and the sacrifice that these black women have made. Okay. And so I'm here to tell their story. So, okay, first question that we have for you is what, what, why are you interested in this story? Well, I'm a black woman, first of all. This is my culture, this is for the culture. Okay. Because I don't want anybody to forget about this history. And if I'm not pushing it, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm not doing my part. 
Okay. You know, we've got to do it. We got the next generation sitting over there. Amen. And we've got to set an example for her and everybody else that's listening. And we've got to keep these stories alive. Okay. Because this is our history. Marcia, why are you in my bubble shop again? Well, I'm in here for a similar reason. Uh I feel that women have made a great contribution in the world. Yes. And I pulled up a quote today because I was just doing some refreshing and and reflecting on some things I already knew about Nina Simone, but I wanted to freshen up on it before I came on the show. Mm -hmm. And I, I found this quote by her. It says, I think women play a major role in opening doors for better understanding around the world. Amen. And so with that being said, I feel like women have a major contribution that they have given are giving and going to give to the world Amen. that we have not looked at, and particularly black women. Lisa and I was talking in the lobby a minute ago, the, the strength and, you know, and the awesomeness of being a black woman. And it should never be, else. I, I mm, would, look, hey, Mahogany hey. says every day, every day, I kid you not, mama, I love being black. Well, since you say, hold it, Mahogany, <laughs> why are you in my barbershop? <laughs> Well, I'm here to learn about the history of black females and and how we made a change in the world and how we're constantly going to make a change in the world and stuff like that. You're, 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 you, you are making a change in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are a very talented artist. Yes. Yourself, she aren't is. you? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. And she has a mantle to carry. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. She and, and and what you're saying that, um, I'm going to get to that in a minute. I want Miss Lisa to tell me about somebody I don't know nothing about. Uh, um, see. Because, like I say, because and, and, I titled the show Black Women Talking and Teaching. Mm. Okay. So, teach. I, I teach. Well, let's start with Mamie Till. You know, I have a special heart for Mamie Till. Mamie Till? Mamie Till is mother of Emmett Till. Okay, yes. And mm. it was Emmett Till's death and Mamie Till's tenacity that started civil rights movement. So without the actions of Mamie Till, we would not be here today. And um, let me just say that Mamie Till... Didn't I, they just pass... <laughs> along, after 120 uh, uh, years. After yes. 120 after years. After 120 yes, years. Um, just this year, forbidding lynching, <laughs> saying that lynching is, is, is finally yes. now yep. illegal. Okay. After I'm 100, sorry, 120 sorry. years. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, Mamie Till Mobley, she was the mother of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was her 14-year-old son who was sent to Money, Mississippi to visit his relatives over the summer. And while he was there visiting his relatives, there uh, was an incident at the candy store where a white woman who was still alive named Carol Bryant. Well, technically, she just Did passed. she just passed? Yeah, yeah, she just passed? Yeah. She didn't lose a couple no. years. She- no, she's still alive. So she's still, still alive. in the hospital? She's still alive. Okay. She, there is a, a college that has her memoir, and they cannot release it until she's dead. Oh. So but, she's still alive, doing her thing. She's but never didn't she, fin- didn't she finally say that that didn't happen? 
No, she admitted that she lied. In 2017, she admitted that she lied, but she is very much alive. Being a grandmother, planting flowers, and never said a word to Mamie Till Mobley. Mm. Her name is Carol Bryant. But okay. anyway, okay. Mamie, um, well, back to the story, uh, Emmett Till, there was an incident at the candy store, and Emmett Till went to the candy store with his cousins, and inside the candy store was a white lady named Carol, Carol Bryant. And in the candy store, um, he purchased some candy, put the money in Carol Bryant's hand. He, they left out of the store. Carol Bryant came out of the store. And after she came out of the store, Emmett Till whistled at her. He gave her a, a wolf whistle. And uh, his friend, well, his cousins, they, you know, were upset with him because he didn't understand the ways of the South and not knowing the ways of the South uh, in Mississippi, which was very different from the North. The black people in Mississippi, they were very, very suppressed. They were not supposed to look a white person in the eye. They weren't, they were supposed to hold their head down. They weren't supposed to have any kind of pride. However, Mamie Till taught her son to have pride about who he was, be proud about who he was, hold your head up, look people in the eye, don't be afraid to speak, and that's what he brought with him, was her train, how she trained him, she, he brought that to Mississippi. So um, in Mississippi, when he said this thing to the, well, whistled at the, at the white woman, his cousins realized, okay, you made a big mistake, and they ran, they got out of there. And three days later, there was a knock on his uncle's door at two o'clock in the morning. And it was Carol Bryant's husband and her brother. And they kidnapped Emmett Till, took him to a barn. They beat him, mutilated him. They gouged out his eye. They cut off his ear. They cut off his private parts. They cut off his tongue. They beat him, whipped him. And the thing about Emmett Till, um, I always say that he didn't go out like, he didn't go out like a punk. He definitely stood up for himself being a 14-year-old boy. He did, you know, was still the mother, the son that his mother raised. And um, in that, that made those racist people very angry at him. Because at first they, you know, there was an article which they talked about what they were going to do to him initially was they were just going to beat him and then bring him back. But they said he kept talking about his rights and kept showing so much pride. So how dare you look a white person in the eye? So they gouged out his eye. They cut off his ear. They, they, they just did horrible things to him. But getting back to Mamie. So once Mamie found out what happened, um, they gave her a, a phone call and she didn't know what to do. So she went to her mom and when she went to her mother, that's where she got all her strength. She said her mother, she touched her mother and uh, everybody was crying. But when she touched her mother, she felt a, a spark of electricity. She said she, she received her mother's strength. And from that strength, Mamie Till was able to to get the um, Chicago officials together because what they were planning to do in um, in Mississippi, they had already hidden his body. They didn't want people to see the ugly of what they did to him. They had already threw 
tied a metal thing around his neck and then threw him in the Tallahatchie River. But she was demanding that they find her son. So she stood up for herself. She stood up for her son and she did not quit. But when they found Emmett Till's body in the river, the sheriff had the nerve to look at this body and realize that what they have done to him is so ugly. We, we got to hide this. So he demanded that his cousins come and they had to create a hole and bury Emmett's body before his mother can get to the body. But, but um, thankfully, Mamie Till, she stayed on the case. She called whatever Chicago officials and they went just as they was about to put Emmett Till's body in the ground unofficially they you know he, she was able to get that stopped and when she got that funeral stopped and demanded his body get returned to Chicago so when his body got returned to Chicago his body was returned in a box so big and it was closed so tight that she could not even open it and they had demanded that she not open it but Mamie Till being the woman and the G that she is she said hell no I'm going to open this. I need to see my son. So she started, she got a hammer and she started trying to open the box. And when the funeral director saw how, how adamant she was, he said, okay, you go rest, come back to the funeral home. I'm going to get this box open. When I get it open, I'm going to call you. And she said, okay. So he gave her a call. And when he gave her a call, she made her way back to the uh, funeral home and three blocks away from the funeral home she started smelling something like what is that smell the closer she got to the funeral home she started realizing this is coming from the hun funeral home and she realized this stench is coming from my son and i always say it's the stench of racism so when she got into the funeral home her demeanor her calmness i i just don't know how this woman did this but she walked into the funeral home in the room where her son her son's dead body was laying on the table and she was very calm about it she looked at her son from head to toe she examined every single part of his body she looked at his ears one of his ears was missing she looked at his teeth he only had two teeth left she looked at his head his face had been separated from the back of his head. She looked at his, she looked, there was a, a hole in his head. She could see daylight through his head. She looked at the rest of his body, his penis was gone. The only way that she could recognize that this was her son was that ring on her finger. And now the funeral director basically was like, okay, I can fix this body up. We can fix it up so you can have an open but casket. She said, no. And she said, hell no. She said, I need the world to see what I saw this day. I need them to see what I saw. And if she didn't make that decision, we wouldn't be here. So they had an open casket funeral. The same way that she received him was the same way that they had the funeral. So now, some things that people didn't know about um, Mamie Till, the things that she went to went through before she got to the funeral. When they found out, well, okay, well, at, we'll talk about after the funeral. After the funeral, she had there was the court case. So Mamie Till is receiving all sorts of 
hate letters, her house, they were threatening to bomb her house, they were threatening her, don't come to, um, don't come to the court, don't do any of those things because we don't want you here. We don't want you to say anything about Emmett, but you couldn't stop Mamie. Now the day that Mamie Till was going into the court, she looked up in the windows of the buildings and the houses and she said her hair stood on the back of her neck because she could look up and every every window had a white man and his son or sons in the window with a rifle and they were making trigger noises at her as she's walking towards the courts and so this day is one that we need to recognize and celebrate Mamie Till because if she did not have the courage that she had, we would not be here today. And you know, Rosa Parks even speaks of that was one reason that she even went ahead with this, the bus boycott the way that she did after seeing Emmett's body uh, in the condition it was in. Yeah, those pictures, um, they hard. Yes. yes. Those pictures yes. to, to, to this day are hard to yes. look at. And as a mother, I could only, I, 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 I yeah. could not imagine. But I, you know, uh, Rick, this conversation um, about Emmett Till, I know we're, we're on women's uh, history, but I have to go here with this. Um, our children really did not know who Emmett Till was. I went back, because Lisa just did a presentation at University of Georgia, which was historic, because they never had any type of presentation like that at UGA. Okay, yeah. But after um, her presentation, I went back to work, and I asked every class, have you heard of the name Emmett Till? Not many children could respond. So that means somebody is not doing the job at home. Um, I kind of understand why the teachers are not, but then again, I don't. Um, because there's a way to teach it without getting too graphic. I mean, it's an ugly history that, yeah, that, but, that, but, that, but that but a lot of people don't taught. want. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. There's a lot of people, yeah. ugly history that a lot of people don't want to have to answer for. Yeah. They don't want to have to look at themselves in this right. history. They're trying to keep it buried like they try yes. to bury his body. And, 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 and the marvelous thing about Mamie is she wanted us to see to us see it. Yes. in that, that we could end up there. Yes. And the fact that some things need to be changed because she's she, that there's no reason why she should have been burying her child. At 14. At 14 for something that he didn't do. But, you know, that's another strategy uh, that Dr. King would use. Let the world see what they're doing. You remember, he started using the strategy of the media so the world could see what they're doing. Right. Um, so I think by hiding things from our children and not letting them see the whole picture, we're damaging them. If they don't know their history, they repeat it. I know people say that cliche, but it's the truth. It's, it's the truth. Absolutely um, true. If they don't know their history, they will repeat it. I remember being a child and the conversations that went on at our dinner table, the conversations that went on with my uncles and grandparents, you were not gonna leave the Thurman household or the Walter household and you didn't know your history. 
before we even got to the schoolhouse. And so in the back of my mind, I knew I can't act a fool because I know this history. Even when I got to um, Mars Brown, I was a happy child to go to an all black college. Uh, Cause you know, see the shows we were, yes, you know, yes. Diverse. We were biracial. <laughs> but um, when I got to a HBCU, I was in heaven. And one of those reasons is because I was able to uh, study things that were tailored for the African-American student. And I learned a lot of my history. But I went there already knowing a majority of it. And I also went there knowing I couldn't fail. I had to succeed because... Too many people have sacrificed. And that's why so much, this is, you know, evenings like this is so important because I did not go to an HBCU. I went to a PWI. And mm-hmm. honestly, I did not learn about this history till I was almost 30 years old. And um, I had to find out and research it for myself. For yourself, yeah. There were two people in history that they taught us about, which was Dr. King and Matthew Henson. The safe people. And that's, you know, I, I respect Dr. King, Rosa Parks, all of this. But we talk about the safe people. If you even look in the um, Georgia Performance Standards, um, I, I look at them often. They have, little by little, taken, taken it all away. Taken yeah. it out. So, well, I mean, even like with Black History Month, back in the day when we were all growing up, um, there used to be McDonald's used to have a big commercial. Mm-hmm. All, all these corporations used to have these big commercials right. about Black History. You know, if it right. ain't but for those thirty days, they they was the the, the importance of. And now you don't even, with the exception of what the NBA, mm-hmm. who still does does it. You know, with the the uniforms and the shirts and the things of, of that nature. But other than that, there's there's they 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 brush it on out and, and, and try to get it on out of the way. But um we gonna take a break. Okay. And on this break, um, it's gonna be two things played. We gonna the first song is by Nina Simone, who when we come back, Dr. Marcy is going to educate us on Nina Simone. But I also have a poem dedicated to you, y'all, black women. And right. um is it's 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 off of um an artist probably one of my favorite rap artists Rhapsody she had a um, night in 2019 she put out a CD called Eve and I'm gonna um, go down the titles of her songs but basically this CD was basically um, dedicated to black women that influenced her every title really? every title on her CD is a black woman Oh, mm. and um, you need every I think every black woman child Everybody needs to listen to this CD. It's hip hop, but it is she's she's talking about something. And like I said, you're gonna hear that. And and, I'm and, excited and the, to hear that. The, one. the poem is called Rena's Interlude. But um, okay. we're gonna take a break. It's gonna be a few minutes, so y'all. But please listen to this. And um, Starlight, if you still with, you still with us, baby. I'm still here. Okay, well don't go nowhere. We're gonna let you talk in a minute. But I'm I'm just trying to get some education. You know, just trying to get reeducated. But um. Y'all, please holler back at us at 404-603-8770. We also on Facebook Live, Talking Random Missions, our page. You can definitely holler at us, but we will be right black. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. 
drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. Ooh, 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 ooh. And I'm feeling good. Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean. Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world and a bold world for me. to the black woman's body. She's been through a lot. Years and years on end, she chose to keep on, to hold on to love, then to love again, then to lose to love again, to hug black bodies like it's the last time, like last time every time. To bear baby after baby, praying this time maybe they'll be birthed into safety, ideally a place where someone can love them. Hoping this time we can trust each other enough to tell one another our fears. I might start by saying, I need you. When you go, I'm afraid to let you. I don't want to survive alone again. Our bodies have become too familiar with chance, with each other, with freedom but never a chance to experience freedom with each other. These days, I'm tired of sharing your body between the world and me. So won't you promise this time your body will make it home to me, to this love, to this unity, to this journey we're supposed to be on together, yesterday, tomorrow, and forever, today. 
I'll be waiting for our forever after. Black, welcome black, welcome black, welcome black to Barbershop Talking Random Ish. Ladies, tell me what y'all think about it. Oh, I love it. It is absolutely yeah. beautiful. I'm tomorrow, like I said, yeah. I went through the whole CD and um I'm gonna go quick on um the names of the the CD. The project is called Eve. Eve, okay. The first song is called Nina to Nina mm. Simone. The second one is Cleo. That's the character that Queen Latifah played in um Okay, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um the third song is called Aaliyah. The fourth song is called Oprah. The set the night Okay, song number nine is I cannot pronounce this lady, um, this this woman's name. She was the first um black woman to go to the Olympics in fencing. Fencing. And um, I can't, I in, in, I can't pronounce her name. She's a Muslim. She's a Muslim, and I, but I can't pronounce her name. Um, she has a video for is D'Angelo and and um, Jizzle from Wu Tang Clan. She also have a song called um, Michelle from Michelle Obama. Um, song called Whippy, Serena, Tyra, Maya, Iman, and she um, Sojourner. And Afeni. These are the names of the songs that's on her project. Hmm. I'm telling you, um, if y'all ever, ever, ever get So how do we get the project? Um it's on it's on every platform. It's called Rhapsody R A P 
S O D Y and Eve. You can find it on every okay. musical platform out there. Rhapsody Eve. Uh, yes, the Rhapsody and the name of the project is Eve. Eve. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's man. But me listening to that poem, my man, um, William Brown, Moray William Brown, who does a show, Boom Radio, um, on. In fact, they'll be on tomorrow at three o'clock on the Love A60 side. He made a post, I said about two or three days ago, and it says, "Hey, black women, who are gods? The world could use your help right now. Hmm. We're in trouble, well. and I think we got to go back to our roots. Now, I don't want you to say nothing, Marcy. Why you don't want me to say <laughs> because anything? Because I'm finna- mahogany." <laughs> I also every now and then I go by the Bible, and there's a the, the end of the, the the end of the scripture. If he, uh, Isaiah eleven six, and a child shall lead. Mm-hmm. You're a black woman. You are a goddess. It's about time for us to come back to y'all. Mm-hmm. How do you take us where we going? I know that's a loaded course, and I know that's a pretty broad course. In, but she can handle it. Mahogany handles deep questions all the time and conversations. It. This is a new platform for her, so she's got to. I know this. I, I mean, and, and I'm sure she you wouldn't it. even prepare for that. And, and, <laughs> and, but we we going to have to come back to y'all. We're going to have to give y'all the respect y'all have earned. We're going to have to give y'all the platform that y'all deserve. And we can't make it without y'all. There's on no level. Mm-hmm. A child shall lead. Shall lead. <laughs> well, I feel like it depends on the standpoint the child is in as well. Like, yes, you can help and do all that, but it really depends on the child. Like, they're how open they are to receive. Um, advice and stuff like that. So I feel like it depends on the child standpoint. Whether whether they can lead or not. Is that yes. okay? But we know that Coretta she didn't lead per se. Betty didn't lead per se. But they led. Mm-hmm. They 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 made it so that two men that the world will talk about could change the world for us. Two beautiful women, Betty Shabazz and Coretta Scott King. They went out in the front leading, but they were leading. They were the epitome of ride or die women. Well, you know something I read oh, months ago. Uh, said that the most powerful leader is that one that leads incognito. Yes. Um, and so that's how I look at myself, too. I might not be standing out front, but I know I'm leading. You know, um, I've never been intimidated on any job I've been on in any school by any administrator because, first and foremost, I know who I am and I know I'm a born leader. And so knowing that, I carry myself in that manner. And, and, Lead, people will follow you if you are a true leader. 
they will follow you without you asking. Amen. You have influence. And, you know, I, I talk to Mahogany every day. I, you know, we have deep conversations. And she, she'll say, well, Mama, why does everybody come to me for advice? I said, because they know, they know you have the right answer, you know. And black women uh, have this spiritual energy that comes from us. There's a certain strength and an energy that draw people to us because of the things that we have been able to overcome alone. Um, you know that there's that strength is there, and they can see it. People can see it in your eyes. They can see it in your walk. You don't even have to say mm -hmm. anything. They see it upon you. They it might not want to acknowledge it. And right. that, that's another conversation I want us to go toward, Rick. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Black women, I love my sisters, but we got a, a cancer. And that cancer is we sometimes pull each other down rather than lifting them up. Mm -hmm. Or we are envious of them um, yep. when when we should be celebrating. Okay. I, I'm not. I've never been envious of anyone, and I, you know, and I just cannot understand why someone would be envious of another sister. So that's another thing we need to probably that's, address. That tonight. happens when when someone's focus is on you instead of on their own purpose. Mm -hmm. They focus on their own purpose instead of focusing on the things that you're doing then they will not be envious. You know, just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Yes. Do you. That's it. Educators. Mm -hmm. Starlight. Yes, sir. Y'all are leaders. Educators. I don't, I mean, y'all are leaders. How, as black women in classrooms, how do y'all navigate the chaos that we're in right now. The going in between the administrative and the 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 the, the kids y'all have to service and also the parents that y'all have to service. How do y'all do that in a manner in which y'all do it in? Starlight, I want to hear you first. Um personally uh I personally do it with much Prayer and focusing on the purpose I realized was actually placed on me, mm -hmm. as well as um, the knowledge and you should you could say like street smart or home training I was given from my parents and family members before me, and lastly. Having some outlet for when things get crazy, like you, you kind of have to understand all parts of that. And I know for me, I've seen, I've seen the stress get to people where some part of that is missing. Like either they don't have a hold of what they feel is their purpose or they don't go back to what made them them be it the good and the bad like you need to understand all of that and then also having some some outlet to let it out because there's going to be stress and you you got to be able to figure out how to 
let it out or let it go without it being to the point where you get a boiling point and now you're that teacher who has you know pushed the kid into a corner because they were pushing you to that point and it gets there but for us being being a woman of color they expect us to be like you know Mm -hmm. the nurturers and the teachers and the things and a lot of times especially if you're in a predominantly not even a predominant color wise but a predominant mental wise of splitting people who think they should be in Okay, like I look at this kid as like, yeah, they might be, they might have some behavior issues, but and they got a little bit of money, you know, they have two parents in their household. I'ma still treat them this way, but then this kid might still have the same behavior issues. But when you start to look at their demographics, like it goes beyond just the look. Now it's now literally the stats these kids are bringing into, and when. You look at a school, especially a school, unfortunately, when it is ran by a male and he wants to still have a certain amount of power and then he's looked at as having to have it a certain kind of way. It then falls on the teachers and a lot of times it is a female teacher that has to now be everything to the kid in the classroom like okay, okay. you gotta be everything alright um, you two ladies how do y'all handle that well piggyback to piggyback on something Starlight said in, in the beginning of her comment um, I stay true to my purpose um, I, I pray every day all through the day but I try to stay focused on why I'm there um, I'm gonna give an example I have been to many schools as a music teacher. You know, we're trans. We go from school to school depending on the enrollment. And this is my 26 year teaching, so I've been to many schools teaching. Um, but my last assignment, which I'm on now, I'm at two schools. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I was on an assignment. God told me straight up, "This is an assignment. You gotta go there." When the assignment is over, you will know it. And so even when I get weary there, I'm reminded this is an assignment and I cannot mess this up. Now, as far as the children are concerned, because I'm staying focused on my purpose, you know, yeah, there are moments when we, you know, get upset because we're motherly, you know, we're nurturing. But I, I try never to yell. I don't because I think that's stressful. And I tell the kids, it's inhumane for anybody to yell at you. And so if I want to treat you like a human being, I don't need to, I don't need to yell at you. So I'll do the reverse and I, guess I just won't say anything. And I'll have them line up with getting quiet that way as opposed to just losing my cool. But um, I think it's just staying true to who you are, your purpose, because you do have one. And you're, you can't let your purpose get hidden in the system. Because um, there is an educational system 
that is not so great. Mm -hmm. And you cannot allow your God-given purpose to get hidden in that system or else it's going to be an issue. Miss Lisa? And I'm going to piggyback on what Starlight and Dr. Marcy Simmons has said. Um, it is definitely purpose. Um, knowing that I am responsible for these lives that are standing behind me. I do everything that I possibly can to teach them and protect them and, you know, from the system and teach them, you know, you have so much that you have to teach them beyond the subject. And there's so much that you have to be besides a teacher. you got to be a nurse, a referee. Mm -hmm. You've got to be all kinds of things to these children that need you. And I, I also want to say this. I'm going to shout out to all the black teachers. Yes, because let me tell yes, you something, yes. which these statistics, I don't think people really understand mm -mm, mm -mm. that a black teacher, when you see a black teacher, you are witnessing a unicorn. You see, you have spotted a unicorn because when you take all the statistics of the American teaching force, the American teaching force is 80% white mm -hmm. female. So to see and to have a black teacher in your life, you have experienced a unicorn. I think some people who are all they know is a black teacher because it's the district that they in. When you look at the big picture in the United States, a black teacher is a unicorn. And we have to appreciate black teachers for who they are, for what they're bringing to the table, yeah. for the experience that they are giving children. It is you're getting an experience with something magical which is a black teacher. And so I really need people to understand that when you see a black teacher, you are you have spotted a unicorn. Now, Starlight mentioned something that I want to ask every woman here, having an outlet. Mm -hmm. What are y'all strong-ass women? When do y'all... When is it okay for y'all not to be strong? Oh. When is it okay for y'all to be, to let it, to, to breathe, to woo-sigh? What gives y'all that time when y'all can just deposit something into yourselves so y'all can keep giving to us? Mahogany, when do you <laughs> sometimes be able to come home because your friends done came to you all day? How do you... <laughs> that should be how do you find your moment of relax and rebuild and recharge well i'm a pro at relaxation yes yes definitely so if it, like it depends like i i'll do anything like just to outlet like with me i love music i love drawing so that would like be my outlet to relax as well and then or like taking a bath or like isolating myself or something like that. I just like me time like that's needed in my life. Definitely. So I definitely give myself that every single day. Well, for me, 
sometimes some people may see it as a little bit selfish um but i have to have my summers to myself i have to have my weekends to myself i need time to myself Definitely. it's just like the bible said Jesus said, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. come. And I understand that about myself. I have to get away. I have to be with Lisa. I need to spend time with Lisa. I need to go get a sangria. I need to go play some video games, make some art, travel. All of these things refresh myself so that way when I get in front of my students, I can be the best me that I can be. But that's not going to happen if everybody is pulling at me and draining at me and I have no time for myself. So I really fight for that like a like Same. a pit bull. Same. Now with with me, I as a young teacher, I had not mastered this. I used to take stuff home. Now, mm -mm. when I leave at the time that I leave, I'm coming home to recharge. And like Lisa said, I I want my weekends. I want my time, and you know sometimes that's with family, and sometimes I could just lay and do nothing, um, but I do have to have my time. And it's not selfish, it's self-care. Yes, you know, it's self-care. It's, it's self yes, yes. Um, you are correct. So I'm not, I'm not big on, you know, having to, you know, there's some people just gotta have people around them all the oh, time. No. I'm not that type of person. I, you know, I don't need a bunch of people around me to enjoy life. Starlight, what do you do? Starlight. She might be gone. But um, which is, which is cool because um, I'm, um, we finna get ready to go off air, but we're going off the radio air. We're not going anywhere. We gonna keep going. I'm just supposed, I'm um, put the next show on. But I heard a pastor say one time, and it was very deep. He asked the question, "How can you keep? How can you keep depositing into someone else?" when you have nothing else to withdraw from. Basically, he was saying, and he was in this was a seminar, he was talking to women. He was like, women, you have to deposit mm -hmm. something into self. So no, it's not selfish. It's self-love. Self and if mm -hmm. you don't love and take care That's of you, right. there's no way in hell you can take mm -hmm. care of us. Because we need y'all to take care of us. Now, we're gonna, gonna go silent for a minute. We're gonna talk and talk, whatever. But uh, we're gonna be right back because I had to switch over right quick. Okay, we back. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? Yes, hear me? yes, yep. yes. We All right, now, Miss Marson, um, we, yes. we got off on the tangent. We, we, I ain't forgot about Nina. Mm -hmm. Really, all I know about Nina Simone is her distinctive voice mm -hmm. and how much, 
how much she was, how important she was in the movement. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't, I know nothing about this. Well, I'll start this piece by saying I named my daughter. Her middle name is Simone, uh, <laughs> uh, after Nina Simone, but. Nina Simone was born on my birthday. I have a lot of connection with her. She was born February 21st. Um, But Nina, she was really a child protege. You know, she started playing piano at three years old. Um, But what is so intriguing about her is an experience she had when she was young, 12 years old, led her into um, activism during the civil rights movement and for black people, period. She was getting ready to do a classical recital and the church where she was, her parents were sitting on the front row and they asked her parents to go to the back. And that made such an impression on her. She's like, oh no, you know, I won't play. So from that, she remembered that as a child. That's why I say history will cause you to take action if you know it. But she, later then became such an act activist for African-American. You can hear it in her lyrics. You know, when I, I was listening to some other songs she has uh, today, some that I had not heard, and I thought, oh my gosh, her lyrics say so much. Um, last year we did a, my school did a um, presentation for black history. We actually did it during Women History Month. One was Nina Simone. And um, there was a group that came in to do the four women, the mm-hmm. dance from that. Um, young, gifted, and black, you know, that's, that's always powerful. But Nina, um, what can I say? She was the great activist that she is. Her music, yes, she was a musician, but her uh, stand-up for black people everywhere made her significant. You know, I remember as a little girl listening to her song. I didn't know that it was Nina, but I just remember hearing somebody sing these words that you are young, gifted, and black. Mm -hmm. And it stopped me in my tracks, Mm -hmm. and it told me who I was. That song stayed in my spirit, stayed in my heart until this day. And it was Nina Simone serenading my spirit, serenading Mm -hmm. my purpose, serenading Mm -hmm. Who I was. And you know, I, I often think about if we told our children that every day, you're young, you're gifted, you're black. Right. Uh, what an impact that would make. Um, a couple of years ago, it came to me, and I know it was God, to, to make an acronym, something I could say to the students every day. Uh, similar to Young, Gifted, and Black, and see how they gravitated to it and how it would change their behavior. And it was SBC, Smart, Beautiful, and Creative. Mm -hmm. And I had a sign, Lisa probably doesn't remember it. You painted a sign, it had to have been 15 years ago. Really? But you, it said, um, Something breeds intelligence. You remember creativity breeds intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I had that posted for a long time. But the children started saying, I'm SBC. You know me. And so it just went on like wildfire. But they they heard that every single day. 
until they started believing I am smart, beautiful, and creative. So, you know, Nina Simone using that Young, Gifted, and Black was very powerful. And I remember hearing it, too, growing up like you did, Lisa. But um, there's not much I want to say per about Nina. I want to people to really start downloading, listen to her lyrics. I'm, I'm a music person. Well, she was definitely and I'm a lyricist. I write songs myself. So her life is in the lyrics. So if you would just listen to it. I, one, one of my... My dad likes this song, Mississippi Goddamn. But I think that's because of what the song was saying for, for the um, movement. You know, Alabama, Tennessee, but Mississippi, it's just too bad God for work. Goddamn, yes, Mississippi yes. was ground zero. It was ground zero. And that's where Emmett Till mm -hmm. was tortured. So... Um, so many of her songs were, were just influential. I want Rick to find that for women song. You you got it, Rick. I got it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted people to hear that, that if, if Rick can't play it on Facebook, but go listen to it. It points out four different types of black women. One mm. of them um, is a... What's the song called? It's for women. One was... Uh, Black woman, black skin, strong woman. The next woman she sang about was yellow because her she had been raped by a white man. Her, you know, so she was yellow and had long flowy hair. The other woman was brown, um, but was a loose type woman, you know, with sail herself. And then the last woman would fight you. She was Geechee. So that song, you know, that song is very powerful if you listen to it. Um, but that's my um, depiction of Nina. It's, it's very musical. It's very deep. And, and an artist that comes to mind that I can get caught up in her lyrics as well, her voice is not as pungent as Nina's, but um, India Ari. Her words are very powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, I I like listening to songs that have lyrical content. My girl, um, Lauren Hill. Oh yeah, Lauren Hill, of course. Who yeah. I'm absolutely in love with. Yes. But she's a damn fool. Don't go to a concert. Now. I know it. She she ain't gonna get there. <laughs> she ain't gonna be there on time. <laughs> but she redid um because there was a um, tribute album, and um she, she of course did a song to um. To Nina, and that's that's probably the first song I heard of Nina Simone in a long time. It was like mm -hmm. a couple years ago, and I was like, oh my god. But Lauren, she makes those kinds of, of songs. Mm -hmm. um, she did a um an album on on this one MTV that was doing the um the lot the, the show, and she just sat there for like two hours on the get uh, on her guitar on a stool and just playing. And singing. This was after she took the long break and trying to figure mm -hmm. out what she was and everything. But she does that. And if we can just get back to that. If we can just find mm -hmm. her. Well, you know, music is so oh my gosh. It's such oh, yes. a powerful tool. Oh yeah. Um, if we use it appropriately. I have I I said this last week and 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 I said every day, sex and music are the most spiritual things. They are. In the world. They are. 
because it's inside of you. Well, anything it's, that's anything that comes from creation is a powerful tool, and um, you know, with God being the ultimate creator, and we are creators after Him. So those things that we create, like music, art, dance. Those are sacred. They're very sacred, and people don't understand that. When, when they're listening to it, it's just, you know, they're not thinking how deep they can infiltrate your soul, you know, those, those artistic things. So um, music, like I said, art, dance, I love all of them. You know, when you think about, when you open up the Bible, the first five words are in the beginning God, God created. created. He created. So those people who practice art, me, Mahogany, mm -hmm. Marcy, a lot of people, you're, you're entering into a sacred spiritual field, realm. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a very spiritual realm. And you're being entrusted with something that is of God. And don't ever take it lightly. Yep. Because he, he said he created you to be like him. So you're being a creator just like him. So you, you do not take that lightly. You know, there's there's been times, and recently I, I, um, I wrote a musical, and when I finished, I knew it wasn't me. It, you know, I, the, the way the words came out on the paper, I said, oh my God, this whole musical rhymes, it's like... And when I gave it to the students, they were like, what? I said, I, I told the students, y'all, it had to be God. How can I write a whole script in rhyme unless that had come from God? And, and so it is a spiritual And it's a thing. giving giving birth. Yeah, it is. Like, let me ask Mahogany. Like, sometimes I will have this experience. Like, I created something, and I can't stop staring at it after I'm finished. I'm like... That came out of me. me? Yeah. That came out of me. Have <laughs> yes. you had that experience? Yes, I've had that experience. That's like you have given birth. To something, mm -hmm. yeah. You have given birth. Mahogany. I told my cabin, canvas I gave you life. Mm -hmm. Mahogany, where do you get your inspiration from, your drawings? My, like, what do you mean by that? What inspires you? I mean, when you, when you just... Just coming up with something, not something that somebody asked your you to muse. draw. Yeah, what is, yeah, what do you... It's called your muse. What is your muse? Mm. Well, I um, I mainly draw black people, like black women, black men, but mainly black women. I like to, I feel like there's so much that black women have, like their hair is different. There's different styles we can wear. There are different skin tones. We have different... Um, so black women are your muse. Yes, like mine too. I really. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just agree. I was just agreeing with. And by the way, Rick has on a Nina Simone T-shirt, and like he's gonna have to get me one of those. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, you said that you're not envious of anything. That's what I'm envious of. I'm a poet that can't write a poem. I'm a musician that can't play nothing. I'm a singer that can't sing. I'm an MC that can't rap. I'm a producer that can't produce nothing. And I I beg to differ. And I'm an Dif artist that can't I draw nothing. Really? But tell you I that. absolutely love the arts. 
That's because so you're, you're cre- you, Rick. I see you in here when I come in. This is not the first time I've been here, but I always tell him when I leave. You, you know, you're in your element. You are creating, but it's a different platform. You know, there's all forms of cre- creating. I, I teach my students. Don't let anybody tell you that performance is just getting up on the stage. Performance is whatever you're doing that you can show. So you're doing, you're in here talking with conversation. Even when I'm talking to Rick on the phone, it's intriguing because he has the knack for conversation and bringing out things. So, yes, you are creating. You're creating conversation. You're creating topics. Topics are rolling in your head as you're talking. I already know that. So you are creating. You're 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 like a curator too. Yeah. You know, and that is a form of art and you know how to pull it together and bring it together and collect this person and this person. These people will be good together for this show. That's curating. That's still a form of art. It is. I take it, but I mean I I take it. But it <laughs> I mean it's it's but it's it's funny because some I have I have actually laid in my bed and laughed at that point. Because poetry readings, I absolutely love going to. I absolutely love sitting in the studios and watching producers create music. I absolutely like writing the right, like watching the writing process. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how my ex-wife got me. She told me she was a writer. She is a writer, but she told me mm-hmm. she had written a book, and I could come over and watch her write. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Because <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was, when I asked her, she thought I was kidding. I said, can I come over and watch you write? And she was like, yeah. And she thought I was kidding, but all I wanted to do was watch her write. Because that that watching creators create, it absolutely intrigues me. Well, it, it is uh, fascinating to see, um, but it's more fascinating to be used as a tool because you don't actually realize it's happening at that magnitude until the work is finished. Yeah. Like Lisa would say, you sit back and say, yeah. did that happen? Yeah. I've, I've even, um, Mahogany and Lisa, they're artists. And when I, when I go in Lisa's house, it's, it's like a sanctuary. I, I mean, I, that's the best way I can describe it. It's a studio museum. But yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> and every piece is bone chilling. Because her artwork is centered around the African American African experience, so when you're you're looking at these pieces of work, you're like, what in the world? You know, you, you can't you feel it. You feel the artwork. Mahogany's work. When when I look at her artwork, I feel it. I said, you know, I'm not an artist, but I'm appreciative of yes. the art. Yes. But something in their artwork. It's doing something inside of me that will inspire something to come out of me because we're all connected in some sense. So even though I might not be the one to draw it, something that I saw them do is in me. So at some point it's going to be, it's coming out in a musical form. I write lyrics too, so it could come out that way, but it's going to come out. Doc Lisa, Mm -hmm. where, where's your work? Lisa Love Whittington dot com. Lisa Love Whittington. Whittington. W H I T T I N G T O N dot com. 
and th- can this be can we purchase can your work be purchased off of this you can contact me no it can't be part you have to make an appointment because i would I, no 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 and i'm asking for a, a millions of reasons one because i would love to have a piece two i would love to for, i'm actually gonna my have audience. a sale at my house i would have love a- for them to see because we don't well it's it's important to go to my website my website is not just for me my website i consider my website to be a black resource mm-hmm. for african americans i really do and um my art like if you go into my blog like my art has a lot of symbolism in it it has a lot of yes. history in it and sometimes it takes me to break it down for you and so one of the things I've started doing is decoding my work. And so if you look on the blog, what I do is I take a picture and I just point what this means and I point what this means. Or sometimes I get people that send me emails and ask me, well, what does this mean? Can you explain what this means? And so I've started to decode my own work. And some of those decodings are on, um, are on my blog, on my website. And then I also... Um, I have a piece on Emmett Till. I have a piece on Mamie Till, Mm -hmm. which is at the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. And I did decode those works also. They are on my website. And I said, um, Marcy's probably going to have to help me with this. And Mahogany, I'm going to write a book based on just decoding my own work. That would be so you're not on Instagram? and I am on Instagram. Oh, Is your yeah. work and all that on it? Some of the work is on there. Um, my Instagram is the artist Lisa Love. The artist Lisa Love and my website is um, lisalovewhittington.com and my Twitter is Lily Whitwit. And I have to say, uh, President Barack Obama follows me on Twitter. So, so you bragging now? You know, one day I looked and somebody said, Did you know uh, Barack well, Obama is following you on only- Twitter? So well, they, Lisa, he sees been, something in me. She's been very modest. She has some works that are honey. Uh, she just did a mural at Drew Charter that would take your breath away. Um, I mean, on um, Charles Drew at Drew Charter um, School. It would, you know, it's amazing. So, and then something at the airport. Oh, I have a, a piece yeah. at the airport. So she, you know, she's being very modest, but Lisa's work is out there. And I, I really think part of you passing the mantle to Mahogany has helped with her work because she's done that. Oh, I've got You my know, own. and that's another thing um, <laughs> that we as black women, but black people, period, we need to train up and help those who we see have the gift and try to hone that gift and cultivate it so that they can grow. You know, for, for so many times I see older people who might have the gift and because of envy don't want the younger person to, you yes. know, thrive. Yes. That's that's right. ter- that's wrong. I see it in churches. I see it, it you know, it's just wrong. So um, I think it's important that we push those people. We see, you can see the gift. In somebody, oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, and you know, push them to do it, and so, then they can help you too. So, Mahogany, when you hear Dr. Lisa say that she got an eye on you, yes, how did that make you feel? To be honest, there's just a lot of work I had to put into it to 
live up to what she has done and everything and so it's pressure but it's like the good pressure good stress make diamonds <laughs> it is amazing watching her develop it is she spent one day in the studio with me and um you know that technique I see her using. Yes, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Amazing mm-hmm. watching her develop her skills. So that's why I say I got my eye on her. You know, I'm watching what she's doing because there'll be other days. And one day she's going to be uh, painting some grand things. You know, once she really hones in on what her muse is and, you know, all her subject matter, it's going to be some powerful things coming out of Miss Mahogany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Doc. Which Doc? This is the witch Doc. <laughs> when did you when did you find your gift? When did you know that that's that's what you were going to do? I think in kindergarten, my you know my kindergarten teacher set me on my course. She came to me, and I never thought that I was the best artist, and I thought all the other kids were coloring better than me. But she came to me and she said, Lisa, I hung your artwork up in City Hall. I hope you get to see it. I never got to see it, but her doing that set me on my path. And so everything in my life has been about art. You know, art has really, it saved my life. From, it saved me from depression. It saved me from so many things. And now I'm on my path and I'm doing the same thing. You know, so somebody want World War Three mess with my art, mess with my students, and it's gonna be World yeah, War Three. And that's III. the truth. I ain't lying. <laughs> Anybody that knows me, you want World War Three? <sighs> Marcia, I know you. You got your gift from. Your, 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 I've heard your mom. <laughs> but to be honest with you, Rick, singing. This is what I had to discover. Uh, as a child, yeah, I went around my mom. She was singing. I was in the choir, you know, all of that. Went to Mars Brown in the choir. And I always felt like I wasn't in place. Even though I was in the choir at Mars Brown, around the, I always felt misplaced. And the reason it, it came to me several years ago, the reason I felt that way is because I'm a music integrationist. I'm not a singer. Perform. I can sing, but I'm not a perf- one to be out on the stage. Um, I had to go through that and thinking, you know, why I'm not on the stage. You know, I had to find my niche. But the reason I had to learn how to dance, I had to learn how to act, had to learn how to sing, had to learn how to write, God was building the integrationist in me. So I know how to do all of them a little bit but I know how to inter- put them all together a lot. And so I now know my niche. I don't try to get out of my lane, even at school. I changed my own title. I'm a music integrationist. I'm and not you know a music what? teacher. And, and you know what, you, <laughs> and you, you have something similar. You're also a curator of talents. Mm-hmm. I can a find curator a curator is an artist. Yep. And you are a curator of talents. You know, and that's what you're doing. I mean, she's forever pulling creative people together to put to do something. That's what I love to do. So um, I know what I where I fit now, Rick. It's not a I'm not a performer. I'm not the, I'm not don't want to do it. <laughs> I just want to be she can the person them. to put put them together, push them out there, coach them, and bring everything 
in a unified form. That's what I like to do. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing watching that art come together. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Even us at this table, you know, I the come and Jamar is not here, but Jamari was able to connect with Lisa with his music. Mm -hmm. You know, he's able to connect with. I mean, it's when you get around people who have that way of thinking, it draws something out of you too, and that's that's important to be with people or be around people who are creating, who are you know know who they are, not envious of you trying to push you. what what their talent is doing is pushing you, and you're pushing them. Yeah. So. Because yeah. sometimes the creator is so busy creating and all of that energy goes there that sometimes they miss miss a piece in how to get this in front of people. How to, mm. you know, where do I, what do I do with this when I'm done? Or how can I even make this better? Well, how and do you know when it's done? An artwork is never done. It's only abandoned. You only abandon it. You can so always have you, keep So going. have you ever had a piece where you... Like years to come back and maybe. Yes, my Emmett Till piece took me over ten years to complete. Over ten years, but once I sign it and once it shows, it's done. You can't change it anymore. You know, once it's signed and have have that date on it. But um, like I have artwork, and sometimes you get stuck. Like I don't know what to do, but you put it up, you look at it, you keep walking by, and then one day it it'll come to you. And you'll know what to do. And that's the gift of being a creator. You know, I, I, I tell my students that, okay, the good thing about this piece of music, I can change when I want to, how I want to, and can't nobody say anything because I created it. And that's so right. often, like I'll do a song this year, next year, that song, when they come, it'll be something different because I said, ooh, I heard a different chord. I want. So that's the gift of being mm -hmm. the person that created it. I'm not copying Blojo. It's, it came out of me. So you have those rights when you create it. Speaking of artists, can I say something about another? Yes, ma'am. Give me they're, one more because I know I know y'all don't, don't sit around in my barbershop all night. So give me one more <laughs> lesson. Okay. Google's. Uh, Selma Burke. I want you to pull out your dime. You have a dime? If you have a dime, pull out a dime and look at the dime. Now, I'm not talking about the slang dime, but that artwork that is on the dime, it, was, looking at it. it was created by a black woman based on her sculpture. Her name was Selma Burke. And then the thing about Selma Burke, she never received credit for creating that dime um, because there was a, uh, a, a white man named John Sinnock who was officially uh, credited with her work, but it was her that did the work. So what happened was um, she was uh, she entered a contest. The contest was to create a relief sculpture of the president, and the president at the time was uh, Roosevelt. And so there were 12 entries. Three of the entries were black, and nine of the entries were from white people. And um, Selma Burke won. And so it was that sculpture that she created, that relief sculpture that she created won. And um, basically, the, during that time, African-American people and women were considered too ignorant and, and not smart enough to create art. 
And so a white man took credit for the dime that um, the sculpture on the dime that she created, but she is the creator of that sculpture on the dime. So did she ever, has she ever received the credit that she deserves? She's receiving her credit because I'm, I'm telling the world and she, she continues to, well, she, she passed away, I think in 1994, but she continued to say they took my artwork and never gave me credit. And so, um, you know, it's people like me, people like Mahogany, people like you, people like Marcy that have to keep her story alive. And say her name again. Selma Burke. Selma Burke. Right. If you Google Selma Burke, you will see that sculpture that she created and she's standing with the president. She created, you're going to see that's the same sculpture, but they gave, they let the white man take the credit for it. Well, ladies, I thank you. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. And I just have a challenge. If you all would go and do your own research on some of the people you've heard, but definitely on African-American history, period, um, go listen to Nina Simone's works Mm -hmm. and send send Rick a line or two of what you think about it. And um, hopefully he'll share that with me. But... Go listen to several works and and give your summary on it for me. To please, before we go, please tell them where we can find y'all, your your grams, your pages, and all that, so we can know what you're doing and see what y'all doing. Well, my website is lisalovewhittington.com. My Instagram is the artist Lisa Love. And my Twitter is Lili Wit Wit. That's L I L I W H I T W H I T. Integrative Arts Creations on any platform. Well, my Instagram's Mahogany underscore love underscore. Hey, man, I thank y'all. And once again, Talking Random Ish is now a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts and Spotify podcast. Please go and subscribe. Let's get these numbers up. Let's get this money because if we can get this money, get these sponsors, we can get these ladies what they need and they need one credit. They need to be seen. They need to be heard. And all I want to do is just give them to the world. Um, We getting ready to go, but for a few minutes, I'm going to put on some of this Nina. And we're going to ride out to this Nina. All right. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. It's time to sweep the flow, <laughs> clean the clippers. Damn, I'm the only man here. I guess I got the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the shop is closed. Inflicted again
what do they call me? My name is Aunt Sarah. Talking random. <laughs> 